Friday, Luya to you. Welcome to the Pure Pelka podcast for a Friday. It's Mike here, the first Friday of September, and we are now really ramping up as the midterms are so close. If you stick your head out the window and take a deep breath, you can smell them. They are coming, and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, we have to work. We have to do our work. We have to campaign like we're behind. We have to go out and make sure that everybody knows that we are here to save America. Even though Joe Biden wanted to save America and his big speech Thursday night in Philadelphia where he tried to make it sound like, oh, he was going to rescue the soul of America. The opening was impressive, wasn't it? Was it very dramatic and Joe came out and coughed? Fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America. Yes, it is Philadelphia, where the nation and the Declaration of Independence was born. But it didn't sound like the Joe Biden who promised to unite this country when he was on the campaign trail back in 2019 and uh, and 2020, when he was out there in those parking lots with about a half a dozen cars, Joe Biden told us that, He was going to unite the country. Remember it? I remember it distinctly like it was yesterday. My whole soul is in this. Bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. We can see each other, not as adversaries, but as neighbors. Really? Is that is that what you're saying? Is that the kind of thing you want us to think about when you when you think about your presidency, sir? The darkness of Charlottesville, of COVID, of gun violence, of insurrection. We can see the light. Light is now visible. Light that will guide us forward. Well, maybe a light will guide you forward, but you're out there declaring that basically half of the country is is, um, a bunch of insurrectionists, is evil. There's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. Oh, a threat now. The people that you want us to call neighbors are now a threat. A threat. Amazing, isn't it? It was just an amazing speech that we saw. I think we saw real Joe Biden. I absolutely do. He led with darkness. It's the darkness. And then he tried to smear what he kept calling the MAGA Republicans, the MAGA forces. I just was waiting for him to use the word brown shirts, but maybe he was going to call us red hats. It really was an angering speech from a guy who, as I said, claimed to be a uniter. He's not. He's trying to drive a wedge between all of us, now trying to drive a wedge between factions inside the Republican Party. I don't think it's going to work. But there was uh, many a flawed statement in that event last night. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America. I think I think we agree. I I think we agree. There's no place for political violence. But we're not the ones who in the uh, summer of 2020 allowed that political violence to continue. Never once did Joe Biden stand up and say to the Black Lives Matter people, Stop with the burning of cities. Stop with the attacks on cops. The one that took the lives of five officers in Dallas during a BLM event. Injured nine others. Assassination attempt. 
No, the Democrats have never told the violent left to cut it out. But now Joe's trying to paint what he calls the mega Republicans as the violent extremists. Not really true, sir. Stand by and watch. I will not. The will of the American people be overturned by wild conspiracy theories and baseless evidence-free claims of fraud. I will not stand by and watch elections in this country stolen by people who simply refuse to accept that they lost. So you're mad that people are questioning the election. You're upset with people who think that they may have lost the election. Well, in 2019, Hillary Clinton was still stomping around taking big checks for speaking in front of crowds and saying stuff like this about the 2016 election. You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you. So is Hillary Clinton an extremist? Well, most of us understand she is, but is she an extremist to Joe Biden? What about Stacey Abrams, who's running for governor in Georgia? And uh, she has yet to concede the election she lost in 2016 as well. Because concession means to acknowledge an action is right, true, or proper. I cannot concede that. She cannot concede this election. Just amazing, isn't it? It truly is amazing to me. Again, from the guy who claimed that he was the uniter and he was going to bring the country together. And now, well, now he's saying something altogether different. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Uh, do I need to go back and play the Hillary Clinton thing? Do I? And about the Constitution, I think you'll find more people in the GOP who understand and appreciate the Constitution than you will in the squad. Just saying. He kept talking about MAGA forces and, and taking us backwards. Mm, not so sure about that, Joey. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose. Wait, no right to choose what? I think he's talking about abortion. Interesting that Joe Biden went from being a Catholic who wanted abortion to be rare, safe, and legal to now just abortion up until birth. That's kind of where he is, but he's going to smear some more. No right to privacy. No right to privacy? I think we're the ones who are worried about privacy with all of the government snooping that's going on and increasing under your watch. Hmm. Interesting. No right to contraception. No, I, I, I think we're good with contraception, Joe. I don't know where he's going with that one. He also questioned the uh, issue of uh, marry who you love. And I think most Republicans are okay with gay marriage. We don't care. We don't want the government involved in marriage in any way, shape, or form. Why is it that the government under Democrats is so absolutely insistent upon being involved with marriages. In my opinion, marriages need to be between the couple and their faith, their church, their synagogue, whatever. The mainstream media sort of ate it up. Sort of. There was a lot of butt kissing. 
last night after the speech. You almost seem to sort of be reclaiming patriotism. Often you hear Republicans argue that they are the pro-America party, right? The Democrats are not patriotic enough. But what was more pro-USA than this speech? Well, I can tell you a lot of things because pro-USA speeches don't divide the country. The mainstream media was all over this, elevating Joe and even calling him kind of like Lincoln-esque. There were those moments of the American dream, right? Uh Where he reminded the country of what does actually make America great and what we can do from here, right? There was hope. Just as, as Lincoln gave the House divided speech, here is a time when President Biden... No, 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 no. I'm not going to let you guys do this. You're not going to elevate Joe Biden to Abraham Lincoln status. Not after Liz Cheney tried to elevate herself to Abraham Lincoln status. Just amazing to me. Absolutely amazing. And I can't wait for Donald Trump's rally Saturday night in Philadelphia. Ought to be amazing. Outside of Philadelphia. Actually, it's in, uh, I think it's closer to Scranton, not Philadelphia. But it's going to be a big rally. And we'll get a report from there as well. Joe Biden saying Trump and MAGA are a threat. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Yeah, and the responsibility for that falls on Democrats. You think it's normal to be teaching kids they can change their gender and then suppress their hormones and mutilate them without their parents' promises? That's normal? Kids are allowed to identify as cats and some of them are asking for litter boxes in the bathrooms at school? That's normal? Drag queens reading stories to kids and then teaching them how to pole dance? That's normal? Continue, though, sir. You know, you, you've got an agenda. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. I'm not threatening the foundations. I'd like to come in and, and build the foundations stronger, sir. Just, you know, bolster them. Like teach the Constitution to kids, especially the Bill of Rights. That First Amendment, that Second Amendment, those are kind of critical, aren't they? And yet you guys are trying to destroy them. By the way, in um, New York State, the governor has made it official that the good guy with a gun doesn't exist. She said she's, she's destroyed that theory of a good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun. We know it happens all the time. There are cases of them everywhere. But the governor of New York doesn't believe that. She wants to take the Second Amendment away from everyone in the state. And now the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, also a Democrat, the mayor of New York is also saying he would like to go door to door with police, knock on doors and interview people who are legally holding guns. Anyone nervous about that? Yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. But let's get back to this speech last night. Apparently CNN got caught changing the tint to make the satanic temple appear to be less threatening. And there are even those who are questioning whether or not it was legitimate for the president to use those Marines in the background in what apparently was a campaign speech. I guess he's launching his 2024 campaign from Philadelphia. But CNN, shame on you. 
We were told it was uh, going to be a an uplifting speech by the press secretary, KGB. Promised it was. Wasn't going to be a campaign speech. But she's also out there spreading lies about people who support Donald Trump's agenda. They want nationwide ban on abortions. They want to give tax cut to billionaires and corporations while raising taxes on middle class Americans. They are threatening political violence and they are attacking our democracy. No, none of that is true. The abortion question was really about handing it back to the states. And the case that initiated it, I think it was Mississippi, was the state that had uh, the case that the Supreme Court ruled upon, is a 15-week state, which is like most of Europe. So this is a giant lie. The press secretary continued slamming what she calls those MAGA Republicans, those extremists. We understand we hit a nerve. We get that. We understand that they're trying to hide. And uh, we understand that ultra MAGA office holders uh, want to play games here and dodge accountability. Whoa, 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 whoa. No one's trying to hide. I'll tell you who's trying to hide. This cat Ryan, this Democrat who's running against A.J. Vance in, uh, in Ohio for the Senate seat. He's trying to hide. He was asked about not declaring himself a Democrat in his advertising. Don't advertise that you're a Democrat. Is that because it's an implicit recognition that it's a liability here? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the Democratic brand, as we know, and you and I have talked about this for a long time, is, is not good in a lot of these places. And I tell people, look, I'm an American. Yeah, yeah, right. Will you walk with the president if he comes to town? I doubt it. Most Democrats do not want to be seen with Joe Biden. That might be changing after last night's speech. After all, when you demonize half the country, maybe you're afraid you'll be demonized too if you don't walk with Joe or stand with Joe. But back to the press secretary, KGB, slamming those evil extremists, MAGA Republicans. Uh, for their extreme proposals and actions, but they're just telling on themselves. We're talking about agenda that is not popular. We're talking about agendas that is incredibly extreme. We're talking about an agenda that is not in line where majority of Americans are. When we talk about the extremism, we're talking about a very small uh, piece, uh, uh, component of, uh, of the American public. No, I think she's wrong. Tens of millions of people voted for Donald Trump's agenda, the Make America Great agenda. I think we need to keep speaking that Make America Great, not just MAGA. Make America great and America first. These are the things that we need to tell people we are standing for. Make America great again. America first. And then uh, KGB, I think it was Thursday, the word came out about how horrible, how terrible our uh, education system was doing in terms of educating the children of this country. And the Democrats have controlled the education system because they've controlled the teachers' unions for so long now. It's just amazing that the White House and this administration would now try and blame Donald Trump for the failures of kids who Donald Trump wanted to get back in school as soon as possible. We've got the tapes, but here's KGB 
blaming Trump and, of course, those evil Republicans. We were in a place where, uh, again, schools were not open. It, it shows you how mismanaged uh, the pandemic was uh, and how the impact of that mismanagement had on, the ch- on, on kids' progress and academic well-being. Yeah, right. Do you think anyone believes that? I really do not. I really do not believe anyone is fooled by this. It is absolutely astounding to me, this creepy and divisive push. And if it gets any traction, we'll know, because the polls are happening fast and furiously now as we get closer and closer and closer to the midterm elections. The other bombshell report we should keep our eyes on, and this is on uh, thefirsttv.com, thefirsttv.com is the website, is the bombshell of the emails released showing that Facebook and the White House, this administration, had weekly meetings talking about what to ban on Facebook. Think about that. The emails are there. We now know. And I know the House GOP has already sent notes to Zuckerberg saying, make sure you hang on to all your papers, especially anything that relates to, I don't know, that guy named Hunter Biden. You might want to pay attention to that because we're going to probably have a couple discussions about that. The other story I think is going to be fun to watch is uh, the busloads of migrants who are going to now Chicago and New York and Washington, the sanctuary cities that don't want to be sanctuaries. They're very angry. And the racist mayor, Lori Lightfoot, also known as Lori Lootfoot, is letting Abbott have it, calling him a racist and a xenophobe. Why? Because he sent 110 migrants to your city. His state is receiving thousands per day, plus the fentanyl, plus the the cartels controlling the border because the president and his administration won't seal it. But you go ahead and call him the racist when you're the one who gets tense when some brown people show up and you're the black mayor of Chicago. Who's the racist? She won't, still won't talk to reporters who aren't people of color. She refuses to hold interviews with Chicago media members unless they are people of color. I'm just stunned that the mainstream media has not stood up in unison and said, okay, then we're not talking to you. You'll get nothing from us. But no, they're all in compliance. Just amazing stuff. It's an amazing world we live in. You know, our friend Wendy Patrick, the attorney, is a a body language expert. And Wendy has an incredible take on last night. She watched it from the standpoint of an attorney, from a conservative, from a body language expert. So we should get her in here next and talk to Wendy Patrick about last night's insane, divisive, not unifying speech from Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., We'll do that next here on the Pure Opelka Podcast. I'm very happy to have Wendy Patrick, attorney, author, and friend of this uh, program, joining me after Joe Biden's Unite the Nation speech, because I don't really feel like the nation is united. I don't think he's one of the helpers, as Mr. Rogers used to say. Look for the helpers. Joe Biden doesn't qualify as one of the helpers in my book and maybe wendy can help me understand why i'm feeling this way hello my friend welcome back 
Thanks, Mike. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, this uh, Thursday night uh, Unite America speech seemed to be about 180 degrees away from its, uh, at least its title. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You know, the, this red light address was uh, really full of red flags. You know, it, it's appropriate with the background, I suppose, that we're talking about the soul of the nation, which was the title of the speech. It was divisive. It was negative. It wasn't the kind of inspiring, encouraging speech that I think some of his supporters were expecting. Instead, it was all anti-Trump, which really tells you a little bit about whether or not this is simply a, a national address or the beginning of campaign season 2024. Well, we were promised by the press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, affectionately known on this program as KGB, because that's what she seems like to me. <laughs> uh, we were promised this would not be a political speech. And Donald Trump's name was mentioned a few times, MAGA and MAGA force and MAGA forces and MAGA Republicans were mentioned in d d double digits and I certainly felt like this was more about coming after you and I and people who are conservative than than coming after Donald Trump. And I go back to right at the end of the campaign, there was a really popular ad for Donald Trump in 2020 that said they think or or they're trying to make it look like they're coming after me. They're really coming after you. I'm just in the way. And it was that very dramatic picture of Donald Trump. That's what I think that felt like last night. Those of us who consider ourselves to be supporters of the policies of the former president were now being labeled extreme by the press secretary and we're being labeled as very dangerous to the country by the president. It's stunning to me. Can you remember anything in like this in a presidential speech in your past, Wendy? I can't. And, you know, the, the one thing that was most significant about the point that you're making is that it doesn't just speak to extremist Republicans. It Anybody who's a conservative and an independent, and I would even say a moderate Democrat, we have the same values. We we all drive and dine. We care about inflation and health care and education, you know, all the same kinds of things. And yet this speech didn't go to any of that. In fact, what it basically said is if you supported Trump, uh, which to many conservatives means I supported the way that I lived under the prior administration, uh, you're you're an extremist. And those kinds of broad brush statements, I think, really mischaracterize that speech in a way that, you know, is going to be remembered. I don't think that the, the angry red backdrop did much to sort of soften the blow. If anything, I think it heated up, pun intended, just that fiery rhetoric. And I don't think that this is one of those speeches that's going to go down in history as a uniting speech. In fact, if anything, it probably achieved the opposite impact. Yeah, it's a wedge speech, I think. And and looking yeah. at that backdrop, the the dramatic lighting, and of course Hollywood, I'm sure helped out, sent their best producer <laughs> to create the scene because Democrats own Hollywood. And the two Marines, which that's a big question about the appropriateness of having two Marines standing guard in the shadows, bathed in the red light and the darkness behind the president. Um, several of us have talked about the fact that it looked like the after-school Satan Club had come to Philadelphia <laughs> on a field trip. And here's the leader, Joey Biden, coming to give us a speech. 
Yeah, it was a little weird. The tone and the tenor was very, very divisive. And thank you for also saying divisive, not divisive. The word is divisive. Uh, even, <laughs> even CNN had a problem with the Marines standing there behind the president. So I, I think that's a big stinking deal. But a lot of people on the left talked about this being the best speech he's ever given. Now, I don't know if you call tens of millions of people a clear and present danger to the country and to our democracy. Uh, I don't know if you call that soaring rhetoric meant to unite the nation and meet the moment. I, I, I think I heard in a report the last time a president used that term in a speech, clear and present danger, to talk about Americans was Woodrow Wilson talking about Americans who did not want us to get into World War One, And those people were then isolated and defined by that. And Woodrow Wilson, not exactly a guy who supported civil rights. He was pro-Klan. You know, he was, he, was a, he was a very controversial character and to the point where they're taking his name off law schools like Yale. Yeah. So um, this... This speech last night, I don't think is going to, as Jennifer Rubin from the Washington Post uh, said initially on Twitter, she said, President Biden's speech met the moment. And then she added, mass arrests should begin soon. And I, I was like, wait, wait, what? I quickly did a screen grab of that because I wanted to use it in a post. And then right after that, she deleted that because, you know, uh, the guy out there accusing basically half the country of being, uh, what do you call them, semi-fascist. Uh, and then uh, yeah. and his supporters, like Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post, saying, we need mass arrests right now. Gee, what does that sound like? I don't know. Fascism? Maybe? Yeah, you know, that that was really not a great strategy. You know, the um, you know you heard Kevin McCarthy's pre-bottle talking about the first words out of President Biden's mouth should be an apology for those anti-fascist comments. But you'll also notice that the president really went to some extent to try to sort of make these MAGA Republicans a, a very narrow subset. But then that's not the way the rest of the speech came out. You know, his press secretary queued this up and, you know, the president at the beginning sounded like he was going to make a distinction. I even thought maybe he was going to have an apology, but then it really took a turn. You know, and you know, you talk about the battle for the soul of the nation. I mean, the fighting words were even, that rhetoric even characterized the title of this speech. You know, it, and the, the color of hell, I mean, that red backdrop, it should have been white, you know, with red and blue. If, it, if Hollywood and all this high-profile, high-expense choreography was involved, this really could have been something that was characterized as uplifting, inspiring, uniting, but it wasn't. And, you know, for some of the uh, liberals that say, oh, you know, this was his best speech ever, perhaps they're talking about the delivery or the fact that many of his speeches haven't been very good. You know, once he got through that coughing fit at the beginning, um, he was able to articulate his points. I don't know if that's what they're talking about. But, I mean, there's nobody on either side of the political aisle that can deny that we have really had a tough time of it over the last several months. And, and I would even say over the course of the last year, as we've seen gas prices and inflation, you know, the president didn't even talk about some of those things. No, he didn't mention anything to do with the economy, the fentanyl crisis, 
the anniversary of the 13th. The border. Dead America, the yeah, border, exactly. The dead Americans in Afghanistan and the disastrous withdrawal. The continued inflation, even though it's the rise has right. paused, we're still paying more, more than we have in in 40 years for so many different things. And you have food banks now in expanding their need because it's just getting out of control. And we're just not being told the truth. And I will tell people, here's what I'm telling all my friends, Wendy. Just consider, are you better off today than you were in 2020? Are you better off today with this guy in office? That's the old Ronald Reagan uh, speech that he gave when he was just before the election. He said, just ask yourself, are you better off? So vote with facts, not your feelings. Vote with the reality that you're living. Wendy, you wrote a, a book years ago, this great book, uh, Red Flags, you know, how to identify those frenemies and get rid of them. Uh, and it's all about body language. That's how you and I first connected was that book. And uh, right. and so as you watched it last night, what did you glean from the president's body language? Was there anything there? Does he have a tell on anything when he's not telling the truth? You know, it's tough. It's tough to read the president because I know that he's very concentrated on making sure he doesn't stumble or stammer. And, and you know, that's, I mean, obviously he's, he's older and we all can appreciate that and accommodate sort of our, our comments to, to match that. So I do have to try to temper my remarks with maybe he's just really trying to say the right thing. But he looked as angry as his words came out in, at some point during the speech. You know, the clenched fists, the facial expression. So a lot of the Emotion and mannerisms matched the message, and that was not a good thing. It was not a good look, considering how negative the message was on Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, it, it really was bizarre to me. And I, I, my only tell, I have audio tells because I'm, a, you know, I'm mostly radio guy. When I hear the president start going into one of his folksy stories, or if he adds not not a joke, folks, or if he uses "I give you my word" <laughs> as a Biden. Those are all tells to me that he's he's spinning a whopper here. And, uh, you know, we'll never know who Corn Pop was because apparently he died six years ago and we'll never get to quiz <laughs> Corn Pop. But there's just so many stories that that don't make sense. Well, you know, Donald Trump holding a huge rally in Pennsylvania. And I imagine we're going to get a whole lot of audio with responses from that. So maybe we'll have time after that rally wraps up to uh, dive into that. Yeah, I hope we do. You know, it's, it'll be a, a really stark contrast, and I can't wait to hear what the former president has to say. Me too. Me too. Her name is Wendy Patrick. You should follow Wendy on social media. Great on Twitter, Wendy Patrick PhD. And you can go to wendypatrickphd.com as well. Or just look for her. She's always writing great stuff in Psychology Today. Wendy, thank you, my friend. Thanks, Mike. 